Welcome to Not Just a Sports Report. Good afternoon to everyone around the world and good afternoon to Australian legends, those living in Queensland, Victoria, Western Australia, South Australia, Tasmania, ACT and Northern Territory. Have a great afternoon and welcome to the State of Origin 2 preview podcast. Today it's all about Origin 2 as I'm sure you could have guessed and basically as for what's in store, I'm going to go through uh, everything Origin ahead of tomorrow night's Game 2 at Sun Corp Stadium. Now, of course, the Maroons won Game 1, so they head to Brisbane, or I guess they're in Brisbane, looking to clinch the series in just two games. On the other side of the fence, though, you have the away team, led by Brad Fittler and James Tedesco, under a mountain of pressure to get it done with a superstar side that quite frankly has failed to capitalize on having an all-star team over the last number of years. This sets us up for an absolute cracker and if you thought the game in Adelaide was good, well things are about to lift to an entire new level in Brisbane. So as far as what's in store, strictly origin today, I've already done the NRL uh, content for round 16 and on Thursday I'll be dropping the round 17 preview podcast. So today it is strictly origin and there is nothing else to do but get amongst it. Alright, time to launch into the origin chat and before I get started, don't forget this isn't the only origin we're going to get on Thursday night we also get the second edition of the Women's Origin, which is now a three-game series. And, I mean, look, an unbelievable first game of the Women's Series. I was happy to cash in on an underdog Queensland victory. Um, yeah, I won't be talking about the Women's Origin today, but I will certainly be watching. And I will be doing some NRLW content uh, when the season starts in about a month's time. Uh, but rather than doing it in podcast form, I'm going to be doing it uh, on Instagram and doing posts, uh, probably as I've done before, the NRLW weekend wrap, uh, so I'll put it all up in a post. But today, it's all about the men's state of origin game, Queensland carrying a 1-0 series lead after the 26-18 win at Adelaide Oval. In that game, well, I mean, Maroons, they were decimated, they had players playing out of position, they really shouldn't have won that game. And they still did, in typical Queensland fashion. Something that I don't know if the Blues would have been able to do. So there is that interesting kind of narrative of origin meaning more to Queenslanders. So that is certain to fire up New South Welshmen all around the country. And you just know the Blues are going to bring it this Wednesday. Now, before I jump into the Game 2 chat, uh, over on our Instagram, just after Game 1, 
I posted State of Origin performance highlights. Uh, so as far as talking about game one, I'm just going to summarize it with the highlights I posted over on our Instagram at Not Just a Sports Report, and then we'll launch in to game two. So on the Instagram posts, I had Series Ledger, Queensland lead 1 0, uh, which I've already spoken about. So they now head into a home game at a venue where traditionally New South Wales really struggle. Queensland are looking to wrap the season up, or the series rather, up early. Best on ground in game one, Reuben Cotter had a huge, huge game, ended up starting after being named on the bench. So Cotter, best on ground in game one. My game one talking point, Slater's bold selection calls pay off, which on the other side, Freddie's selection calls copping a lot of criticism. Uh, But Billy Slater made some very, very tough decisions, dropped Dane Gagai, uh, went with Murray Taolungi, who was in a team that was severely out of form, Uh, a couple of veterans that missed out as well, and Felice Kalfusi and Kurt Capewell. Uh, But we saw in game one, all these bold selection calls paid off. Murray Taolungi had an enormous game. I thought Hamaso Tabuai Fido was one of the best players on the park. So all these big decisions from Billy Slater proved to be the right ones. So that was my talking point. Moment of game one, it's hammer time. Hamaso Tabuai Fido scoring the try that would win the game. And that clearly, I mean, just the way he scored that try, that was moment of the game. Tough stuff, I went with Murray Taolungi, made some epic try-saving tackles, and I thought he fully justified his selection in the team. Debut to remember, Reese Walsh. Of course, another big selection call from Billy Slater, picking Walsh over Kellen Ponga, who is proven at origin level. Another call that paid off. A spirit of origin. 12 verse 13, Maroons come up clutch. We had Ben Hunt in the centres. We had David Fafita in the centres. We were without a number of players. Reuben Cotter in the back row had a player sinbind as well. And still, Queensland come up clutch. Uh, So that really was a spirit of origin kind of moment. And it does highlight that, yeah, Queensland doesn't mean more than it does to the Blues. I'm not trying to be critical of the Blues, but we see these things happen time and time and time again. Uh, And then just lastly, what else did I have? Ah, Game 1 Review Podcast. So yeah, anything else you want to know about my thoughts on Game 1, that's already out there in podcast form. But now, let's jump straight in to Game 2. Now, I'm going to start with the team lists. Now, when they were named, I haven't spoken about the teams yet. I said I'd hold off until the Origin podcast. Uh, So let's start firstly with the ins and outs. I'll start with the Blues. Uh, Let's look at some of their outs. RP Corusau, who, of course, scored a try and was pretty instrumental in some of the good things the Blues were doing in Game 1. He has a broken jaw, will not take part in this contest. That sees Damian Cook and Reese Robson come into the side. Who's going to start? To be honest, I don't care. There's a lot of speculation. And I just feel like, what's the point 
and being like, oh, is Robson going to start? Is Cook going to start? Like, I don't know. I don't think we will know until before kickoff. So that's a wait and see. But they've gone with two dummy halves as opposed uh, to the one dummy half and Hines on the bench. And speaking of Nico Hines, he's been dropped from the side. Now, a bit of controversy around that, especially given no Nathan Cleary, who's out injured. A lot of people felt as though maybe Nico Hines was the man to step into that halfback role. Well, he's been dropped from the side altogether. I don't think it's that huge of a call. Like, obviously, it's a talking point. But in the same token, I mean, we saw there wasn't a heap of use for Hines off the bench. So if you're not going to start him at halfback, then you're not going to use him off the bench properly, then I guess there really isn't a place for him. Nathan Cleary, one of the other outs, easily the biggest as well. There was a lot of talk. Who was going to replace Nathan? It wasn't going to be Hines. Uh, It wasn't Adam Reynolds, who was also in the mix, but rather Mitch Moses, who I'll speak about uh, shortly. And Tavita Pangai Jr. dropped after just one game at origin level. I honestly, I'm not sure if we'll ever see him again uh, at origin level, but it'll be up to Tavita to work himself back to the Serena. Uh, but that leads me to the ins for the Blues. Damian Cook and Reese Robson, as I mentioned, they'll cover the acting half role. Keon Kolomatungi is in jersey 19, so he's not actually expected to play, uh, but he will be in the frame if there's an injury. And we did see... Uh, Stephen Crichton was named 18th man and ended up coming into the side for game one. So it's not crazy to suggest that Keon Kolomatungi may find himself in the lineup, but at this stage, not set to play. Stefano Utoikamanu, named for his debut. He was in the squad for game one, and I like this a lot. Tevita Pangai, that call, just didn't really pay dividends, whereas Utoikamanu not really a risk. He's a really solid player and he shapes as one of the future parts of this Ford pack. So it's a great time to introduce Stefano to origin level and of course Mitch Moses at halfback uh, who I'll talk about when I go through the full team lists. As for the Maroons, no Tom Dearden who's out. He was only 18th man so he didn't play last time Uh, but I actually really like that call given that Well, Dearden wouldn't have been able to play for the Cowboys last round in a game where their season was on the line. So I like that from Queensland, that they allowed Tom to just play NRL. There was a very unlikely chance he was going to play in this game. So they've gone with Brimson, 18th man. Nice one, Brimson. Uh, And Tom Dearden got to play for the Cowboys. Tom Gilbert, who was named in the back row, he's out for the season. Uh, So that's a real tough one for the Dolphins fans. Gilbert, look, he is a Queenslander through and through, typifies exactly what the origin spirit is about. So that is a big loss. Salwan Cobbo out, uh, another pretty big loss, although I like their replacement. And Jai Arrow, who picked up an injury, is also out. As for the ins, Jeremiah Nanai, who was part of last year's series win, he comes into the back row position. Uh, you've got Mo Fodawaka, who I think his form has really justified his selection here. A few people were saying maybe Corey Horsburgh deserved that spot on the bench, but 
Corey's in the squad in the 19 jersey. Not expected to play, but he's in the mix. But Mo Fodawaker, based on form, he does deserve to be in the team. And lastly, Xavier Coates coming in for Selwyn Cobbo on the wing. So those are the ins and outs. Now I'm going to go through the 1-17 to 17 and just give some quick thoughts. Uh, so we'll go with the away team first. The Blues, Captain James Tedesco. Still in solid form this year, but by no means playing to his lofty standards. Roost is struggling, and he of course slipped uh, late in that game one, which led to a try. But Tedesco is all class. Any notion or any talk about dropping Tedesco, in my opinion, is outrageous, especially given he's the captain. On the wings, Brian Toto and Josh Adokar. Uh, word is that they're going to swap sides this game. Adokar played on the right in Adelaide and Toto on the left side. Now they're going to switch over, which I think makes sense. Adokar, always at NRL level, has been a left winger. He played there for Australia. And Brian Toto, at club level, has been playing on the right side. So I think that switch makes a ton of sense. Obviously, a major talking point, as it was in Game 1, Latrell Mitchell withdraws due to a calf injury. And, yeah, I just find New South Wales fans, their mentality, it's pretty poor for a lot of them. You know, after Game 1, it's like, sack the coach, drop the captain. Oh, we can and it's just like, we can't win without Latrell. That's kind of the vibe I get. Like, New South Wales, their fans just go full fuck my life mode when the trail can't play. Uh, which, yeah, it's, I don't know. It's just like you take one player out of the Queensland lineup, even like Munster in game three last year, and we don't drop our bundle. I say we as though I play for the fucking Maroons. But yeah, I do think Blues fans have the tendency to really... I don't know, they just put too much emphasis on a player like Luttrell. Stephen Crichton, he keeps his spot in the lineup. I thought he was one of New South Wales' best in Game 1. And Tommy Turbo in the other centre position. In the halves, and this was probably the biggest talking point uh, coming off the Nathan Cleary injury, who were going to be the halves? Not just the seven, but also the six. A lot of talk that Jerome Luai... Does he keep his spot if there's no Nathan Cleary? Well, it turns out that he does. Luai, probably one of the most hated players in our game. I'm actually a massive fan. And look, on form, I actually think he is the best number six candidate for the Blues. And then that leads us to the halfback role. Mitch Moses, the one selected by Brad Fittler, came as a surprise to a few to be honest, I wasn't super surprised. There have been a few times in the past where Freddie has mentioned that Moses is in contention. He selected him before. And look, Mitch got a lot of criticism for the one Origin game that he played in with pretty much a broken back, I'm fairly sure. Moses, honestly, he's one of those players who you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. Like, he always gets criticized. There's talk that he's just not a big game player, uh, but I actually rate Mitchell Moses very highly. And despite the Eels being hot and cold all season, 
I think Mitch has been one of Para's best. He's very creative with ball in hand, has a fantastic kicking game. He's been introduced to the Blues setup before, uh, so he'd know a few of these players in the team. There is the ability uh, to really work on some combinations, and he's still young. Uh, so if Nathan Cleary is unavailable, Mitch Moses, a fantastic choice, and I know there's a lot of criticism around it when you have Adam Reynolds and someone like Nico Hines in contention, uh, but this is a selection that I like a lot. I think it's a big ask to try and get Moses to lead this side to a win in Queensland, uh, but I don't mind the selection at all. And Freddie, that's probably the main thing he's coming under criticism for, is his selection. So it's a big gamble. If this one goes wrong, then you know Freddie's going to cop it, and Moses is going to cop it as well. Uh, but if they win, then all of a sudden, all these criticisms, all this talk, will be very quickly forgotten about, such as the fickle nature of rugby league fans. So Mitch Moses, probably with the biggest ask and most responsibility out of anyone in the Blues lineup, uh, it's going to have to be the game of his life to get the win here. But I, I like the selection, I must say. No criticism from me. In the Ford pack, Junior Paolo, Damian Cook, and Payne Haas. In the back row, Hudson Young keeps his spot, uh, which I like a lot, but would love to see him play more than just a small chunk of minutes this time. Although, as a Queensland fan, I'm happy for them to put him on the bench early. Tyson Frizzell in the other back row position. Isaiah Yo at lock forward. Debutant Stefano Yotekamanu in jersey 14. Cam Murray and Liam Martin on the bench. Both entering this game under an injury cloud. Both expected to play though. And Reese Robson in jersey 17. Does he start? Does he come off the bench? Do I care? No. I think we'll find out tomorrow night. Uh, but Reese Robson definitely deserves the debut. And ever since he was a Dragons junior, lol, another one the Dragons let go. And then you wonder why Ben Hunt wants to leave. Uh, sorry, throwing shade out there. Uh, but yeah, Reese Robson has long been touted as a future New South Wales Blue. Now he gets his chance. And I am interested if he does come off the bench, uh, whether he plays any minutes in the middle as a front rower or lock forward, or whether they just go the straight swap with Damian Cook. Not sure who they're going to start with. Not sure that I care either. Let's get on to the Maroons team list. They will be playing at home, Suncorp Stadium, looking to clinch the series early. Reese Walsh keeps his spot at fullback. On the wings, Murray Taolungi and Xavier Coates. Val Holmes and the Hammer in the centres. Cameron Munster and Captain Daly Cherry Evans in the halves. And DCE firing off a couple of shots at Mitchell Moses, just letting him know. Origin, it's an arena that is just a different beast from the NRL. So a little bit of mind games there from DCE. In the front row, Lindsay Collins has been named to start, although last time around he came off the bench and Reuben Cotter started. Ben Hunt in the number nine. Now there's a name that's getting talked about quite a bit. Tell you what though, he won't be asking for an immediate release from this team uh, because Maroons, they're, they're pretty organized. They're in a pretty good spot. 
So Ben Hunt in the dummy half position, Tino Fasua Malawe named in the front row, in the back row, David Fafita and Jeremiah Nanai, Pat Carrigan in the lock forward jersey. And just quickly before I get onto the bench, I mentioned this in, a ga- uh, in the game one preview. Over the last two series, it's become quite evident that Billy Slater, he has one eye on the present, but he also has one eye on the future. There's a real eye to the future uh, in this team. Like Reese Walsh, still many years ahead of him. Xavier Coates, Murray Talangi, still relatively young in their careers. Same goes for the Hammer. Then you have like Cameron Munster, who's obviously very much established. But hey, you've got young Tom Dearden, who's just waiting in the wings. Lindsay Collins, an experienced player, but by no means toward the back end of his career. Tino, still very young. Fafita, Nanai, Carrigan, all very young. And then you look at the bench, and these guys still have plenty of footy left in them as well. Harry Grant, uh, the absolute game changer off the bench. We've seen time and time again just how effective it is to bring Harry off the bench into the dummy half role. Tom Flegler, Ruben Cotter, and Mo Fotuaka make up the rest of Queensland's lineup. So those are the teams, both pretty strong on paper, but as we know, State of Origin not played on paper. And whilst the Adelaide game was very enjoyable, I think there's just a different edge when a series is played either in Queensland or New South Wales. Like, full respect to the Sydney game as well. That has an amazing atmosphere. And Adelaide was great, uh, but it's going to pale in comparison to Suncorp Stadium. This is where Origin is at its best. And let's not forget Adelaide Oval. On these oval grounds, you're not that close to the action. There's a lot of room between the sideline and the crowd. Like, there's plenty of pitch in between. I've been to two MCG games, uh, which is an oval, and it's just not quite the same because you're quite far away from the action. Whereas Suncorp Stadium, I mean, they are right there on the sidelines and it's, it's going to be a totally different beast. So some of these Blues players who experienced Origin for the first time in Adelaide, uh, I don't know if they can prepare themselves quite for what they can expect this time around. And that's my point of difference in this game. Suncorp Stadium. We've seen over the years, Blues traditionally struggle to get the win in Brisbane. So it's a massive point of difference. And they're just such a mad crowd, Queensland. I used to live on the Sunshine Coast. And just the way Queensland transforms around origin time, you just see Maroon everywhere. You go into shopping centres, every single shop is decked out in maroon. You've got people all over the streets wearing their jerseys. It's like Christmas. It really is. In fact, I think Queensland actually lift more for Origin than for Christmas or any other holiday. So it truly is a special time of the year. And for the Blues, well, they travel to Queensland and they are hated. They are hated there. And obviously, New South Wales, they hate Queensland as well. And it's the same thing when the Maroons travel to Sydney. But the hatred is just, it's just different in Queensland. 
It really is. It's why they call Suncorp the cauldron. And for the Blues, if they come here and get the winning game too, well then they get a home decider. And they will be full of confidence winning what is often seen is an unwinnable game. So point of difference, I've gone with Suncorp Stadium. Of course, we have a battle of the coaches as well. They are premiership winners at NRL level. They have seen it all at state of origin level as players. Now, they are the ones with the clipboard. Billy Slater, so far, one from one in his state of origin coaching career and looking the goods to go a perfect two from two. On the other side, Brad Fittler, someone who, when he came into the job, did such an unreal, unreal job of putting everything together. He was picking the best possible sides, and it just seemed like a dream for Blues fans. It looked like they finally had their man to lead this side to a sustained period of success. Well, years ago, we were all fell in love with Freddy's antics walking around the field in bare feet and all these different unorthodox approaches that seem to be working. But the honeymoon period is well and truly over. Blues fans, they've already begun to turn on Freddy. And if we remember, he did coach the Roosters at NRL level and didn't exactly set the world on fire. So Freddy enters this one under a lot of pressure and boy, you can tell, like you can actually tell that it's rattling Freddy. I mean, I don't know if anyone saw Freddy in the 8th uh, with Matt Thompson on Channel 9. But yeah, Freddy basically just dead-eyeing Matt Thompson anytime he asks a question about state of origin. And just in general, Freddy seems to just not be having a bar of any origin chat. It honestly seems like when he gets asked a question that it pisses him off. And I tell you what, Billy Slater is not giving that energy off. So Brad Fittler, he's clearly getting frustrated with all this media circus, which he should know all about. He works at Channel 9. It's his job, essentially, to be a part of this media circus. But you can tell it is starting to wear on him. All reports say that this Game 2 preparation, New South Wales, are getting hammered. They are having such an intense training session that is probably a little too intense for a mid-season origin game. And of course, this is the pinnacle of rugby league, so you would expect the training to be intense, but the reports are that he's pushing them very, very hard. And I don't know how effective that's going to be. He's also banned alcohol. So they're training intensely. What are they going to do after? They're going to go have a beer and, you know, bond? No. Alcohol, uh, it's been banned from this camp. Which, I'm not one of the operators who's like, alcohol is essential, it has to be a part of the preparation. But, yeah, it's just seeming like all the fun and all kind of the great bits of the origin camp are being sucked out in favor of trying to get the win. And I'm not sure how effective that's going to be. Now, on the other side, I don't think Queensland are going to be going out and just having huge piss-ups, getting relentlessly hammered. But I'm sure they'll share a beer at some stage and, you know, 
enjoy each other's company. So for the blues, it seems like right now, it's all work and no play. Which is fair, they don't deserve to be playing, uh, given that they did lose game one. So it should be majority work, but it sounds right now like it is all work and no play. So by the time they actually get to State of Origin and they get to Suncorp Stadium, how much are they actually going to have left for this game? That is something I wonder about a lot. And Freddie Fittler, I think it's fair to say, Blues lose here, Freddie's gone. So they enter under so much pressure, whilst for Queensland, they have the backing of every single person in that stadium. The atmosphere we have seen at Lang Park time and time again, it's just unrivaled. So not only do Queensland have everybody cheering them on, they are also in great form. They won game one, despite having absolutely no reason to win that game. Ben Hunt in the centres, for goodness sake. David Fafita in the centres. Reuben Cotter in the back row. New South Wales were leading with about 10 minutes to go. Queensland managed to score not one winning try, but two. So now the Blues, they enter with no beers in their system, no bonding, all work, no play. Freddie Fittler, we are going to have to wait and see whether this was the right call. And if New South Wales come out and achieve a famous victory, well then we're all going to say that was a masterstroke. Freddie got it exactly right. But the danger here is if they lose the series in two games, then all of a sudden all these little things, like no drinking during the camp, hectic intense training sessions, some big selection calls, all of a sudden everything gets criticised. That's the nature of Origin. Now, if Blues win, then we're not talking about any of those things. But they will factor into this contest and Blues find themselves in a must-win scenario. So for the coaches, they're at quite different points. Billy Slater, whilst he's faced some adversity, so far, it's all been roses. He won last series. He's looking poised to win this series. He's got a great crop of young players uh, that can hold the fort down for the next five to ten years. Things are pretty good for old mate Billy. Whilst for Freddie, like I said, I don't know. I don't know. He just looks rattled. And I'm not a mind reader, uh, but for instance, the last person, and this was UFC, not NRL, uh, but the last person that I saw rattled was Paddy the Baddy Pimblet uh, before his fight with Jared Gordon. Now, there were a few things that happened in the lead-up to that fight. A lot of fans kind of turning their back on Paddy Pimblet. And you could tell as he was walking out, you could see it in his face that he was a little bit rattled and that the lead-up had kind of gotten into his head. And that reflected in his performance, which was awful. He was crowned the winner, but in pretty much everyone's eyes, he lost that fight. And that's kind of what I'm seeing with Freddie here. I can see it in his body language, in his responses. Like, why should he be getting pissed off when people are asking him questions? You're the state of origin coach. In fact, you're literally on Channel 9, on a rugby league show, around the corner from origin. Why are you getting pissed off that people are asking state of origin questions? That, to me, says that Freddie is rattled. Then you look at Joey Johns, an absolute legend, 
one of the greatest players we have ever seen. You cannot tell me that Joey Johns is not rattled. We saw him last year after the Blues lost the series. Definitely rattled then. We've seen all this stuff with his brother Matty. The Blues camp, from a coaching perspective, they look rattled. They don't look like they're ready to embrace this challenge. Uh, so I am wondering, am I going to be proven wrong? Is this actually going to have the opposite effect, where the Blues come out and have one of their best ever performances? We're going to have to wait and see. But the battle of the coaches, obviously a major storyline in this contest. As far as the talking points, I don't have too many that I haven't already addressed. Latrell out, probably one of the biggest uh, selections. That's another talking point. But the main talking point, are Queensland going to wrap the series up in game two? And if they are, what does that mean for the future of the Blues lineup? Because they have a lot of young players. But yeah, I wonder. They've put together this awesome team. They definitely should have won at least one more Origin Shield than they have. And they're really failing to capitalize on what is a superstar team. Now, across the park, there are a lot of key battles in this game. Uh, you've got, obviously, the fullbacks, Walsh and Tedesco. You've got Brian Toto head-to-head uh, -head with Murray Taolangi. Xavier Coates and Josh Adokar. Adokar, obviously, with the speed advantage. But there has been talk from the Queensland camp that they'll be using Xavier Coates as a real target with their attacking kicks. Uh, so that's something I expect to see a lot of. Uh, kicking out towards Xavier Coates' wing and seeing if he can get uh, over Josh Adokar. In the centres, you've got the Hammer up against Tom Trebojevic, Val Holmes up against Stephen Crichton. Halves battle, obviously a massive one as well. Munster and DCE up against Luai and Moses. The battle in the middle. Now that's usually where Origin is won. Lindsay Collins, Big Tino, Pat Carrigan, Flegler, Cotter, Mo Fodawaker, that is some serious bang for your buck in the middle of the park. Whilst for the Blues, they've got Stefano, Utoikamanu, Isaiah Yo, Cameron Murray, Payne Haas, and Junior Paolo. So as always, the battle up front is really where my attention's going to be. And hopefully, we see a bit of argy-bargy. Because I figured I wanted to see a punch on, but I'm like, fuck. Are they really going to punch on Game 1 at Adelaide Oval? Probably not. But who knows? Maybe we will see one here. Uh, so there's some great battles all across the park. Uh, but in the interest of keeping this podcast listener-friendly, I reckon I'm just about ready to wrap up. I've talked about most of what I want to talk about. Now, I'll put my predictions out there. In Game 1, uh, I did a game prediction and a bold series prediction. My game prediction was that New South Wales would win game one, which they didn't. My bold series prediction was that Queensland would win games two and three to win the series. So neither of those predictions came true, but my overall series pick of the Maroons looking pretty good right now. Now for first try scorer, I was actually looking at Hudson Young as far as the blue side, but given that he's probably going to get benched very quickly, uh, I don't like don't like the call. So first try scorer, 
I've gone with Xavier Coates. I've had some success there before, uh, so we're going to go back to that one. As for my overall game prediction, I just feel like if New South Wales couldn't beat Queensland at the back end of game one, given just all the chaos, Queensland playing with 12 men, I keep saying it, Ben Hunt in the centres, for fuck's sake. David Fafita in the centres. Reuben Cotter defending on an edge. There was absolutely no reason as to why Queensland should have won that game. And in fact, had we have lost, I think we still would have said, you know what, commendable effort with all those players down. But if the Blues couldn't hold us out then, how the hell are they going to hold us out at Suncorp Stadium full strength, players playing in their correct positions? And I'm happy, actually I'm not happy to be proven wrong. Fuck New South Wales. I hope I'm not proven wrong. But that's the big test here for the Blues to prove us all wrong. Because all of a sudden, if they win at Suncorp and force a series decider in Sydney, it totally changes the landscape of this series. And the pendulum actually shifts in favour of the Blues. So this is easily the biggest game of the series. Game one in Adelaide was awesome, but this is going to be a totally different level. And if the Blues, if they want to win Origin, they just must simply get it done at Suncorp Stadium, which is a massive ask. And in my opinion, it's too much of an ask. I hear all this talk, oh, there's no Luttrell. There's already kind of that mentality of, oh, fuck, you know? There's already that mentality of like, oh, no Luttrell. Our chances of winning, it's almost like they haven't quite given up. It's like, oh, no Luttrell, how are we going to win? And then, oh, we got to go down to Suncorp Stadium. And those are kind of the differences between the Blues and Maroons. I never hear anything out of Queensland saying, oh, we've lost to Cameron Munster, or we've lost this player. Oh, we have to go down to Sydney. It just doesn't seem to be a factor for Queensland. Whereas for the Blues, there are so many signs pointing toward this being Freddie's last game or last series as coach. The no drinking, the intense training, just the way he seems extremely rattled in the media. None of these things fill me with a great deal of confidence that the Blues are going to shock us here, especially given the fact that they threw game one away to a side with players all over the place out of position. So I just feel like if the Blues couldn't come up clutch at the end of game one, I don't see them doing it here. Of course, if they do, Mitch Moses deserves a lot of credit. Because I tell you what, no matter how he plays here, if he scores a hat-trick and the Blues still lose, there are going to be fans bagging Mitch Moses. That's kind of just what happens to the halfback, and especially a player like Moses, who already gets heavily criticised. Uh, so for Mitch, it's the biggest game of his career outside of last year's grand final, and it is a great chance for him to finally deliver on the big stage. But I just feel like it's too much of an ask. No matter how star-studded the Blues team is, we've learned this game is not played on paper. And really, my pick here comes down to two things. The point of difference, this being played at Suncorp, and the coaches. Billy Slater, who 
At the moment, I am 100% encouraged by Billy's coaching. He is getting everything right from selections to strategies. Everything is working for Billy. Whilst for Freddie, and also for Billy, everyone in Queensland is behind him. Even with the Gagai call and the KP call and a couple of others, Queenslanders were like, fuck, that's bold to drop Dane Gagai, but we will trust you here, Billy. Whereas you look at the end of game one for Blues fans, they fucking turned on their own at the drop of a hat. Sack Freddy, drop Teddy, you know, fucking drop this player. Oh, we need to bring just panic stations galore. And I think all of these things in a little bit of a cocktail together, it just mixes up to a Queensland series win, in my opinion. I just don't, I don't think the vibe's there, to be honest, for the Blues. They can't have a beer during the Origin camp. And look, if Freddie around the boys during this Game 2 camp is behaving any way similar to how he's been behaving in the media, I cannot imagine that the vibes are going to be high. It's just going to be all work, no play, a ton of pressure. And then after all this lead up where they haven't been able to blow off steam with a drink, they've had to just train their asses off. They then come into Suncorp Stadium under so much pressure to get it done. I just don't think they can do it. We'll see if they can prove us wrong. And I tell you what, it will be epic if they do because it will force a Game 3 decider and Origin, look, I'm more than happy for Queensland to win this in two games. But if I look at this from a neutral perspective, I mean, we all love a Game 3 decider. There's nothing better than the series going down to the wire and having 80 minutes to decide that one of these teams lifts the shield. But for the Blues, they need the game of their lives. And as I've mentioned, I'm just not encouraged at all. By the lead up. Most specifically, Freddie and kind of his behavior. And then even Joey Johns has been pretty rattled. So you've got two legends leading the charge, but it just seems like Queensland are in their heads. And they're just going so hard at this. Whilst Billy Slater, he just gets to go about his job. Anytime I've seen Billy get asked a question about Origin, he more than happily answers it. Even the tough ones. Game one, why did you drop Gagai? Why did you pick Walsh over Kalen Ponga? You know, there were some hard questions for Billy. And he stood there, he answered them, and he gave us all his reasoning. Whereas Freddie, it's basically like he gets asked, oh, you know, why did you drop Nico Hines? And he's like, I don't fucking want to talk about it. Um, okay. Why are you on Channel 9 then? Why are you sitting on a panel of a rugby league show right now as an origin coach if you're not willing to answer those questions. And I'm not super critical of Freddie. I've never coached origin and I cannot imagine the pressure of having that microscope on you during this series and having everyone in the country and especially in the state of New South Wales discussing your job and discussing the role that you are playing and whether you should be sacked or not. And it just seems to me, and I'm not the greatest judge in the world by any means, but it just seems to me 
like Freddy is rattled. And if the coach is rattled, how are the players supposed to get up for this? So we'll have to see. I could be very, very wrong. Freddy could be in the midst of the greatest coaching masterstroke we have ever seen and a full-on redemption arc on the way to a series win. But I'm just, I'm basing this on the lead up and I do not like what I've seen. So I'm going to lock in my pick for game two, Suncorp Stadium. I've got Queensland winning. I think it's going to be a very close game, very physical and very entertaining. But ultimately, in those tight origin moments that decide these games, the small milliseconds of clutch moments throughout the 80 minutes. Queensland are known to get those right, whereas the Blues are not. And I just feel like all these things happening over in the New South Wales camp, at some point when the going gets tough, I don't know how dig, how dig? Fucking hell, how deep they can dig. Again, I could very well be proven wrong. and uh, so We're going to have to wait and see. That is the beauty of it. But I think when it does come to those moments, Queensland are going to have a packed out Suncorp with an energy that just cannot quite be articulated through words. They are going to have a raucous Suncorp crowd firing them up, pushing them on all the way to back-to-back series victory. Whilst for the Blues, they are going to be hated. They are going to be booed. Every single mistake, the crowd are going to let them know about it. And I just feel like everything from the camp to Freddie being rattled to the selections to the away crowd or playing away rather. I just feel like all signs point to a Queensland win and a Queensland series victory. And you could say, well, Mick, you're clearly biased. You're a Maroons fan. But let me remind you, I picked the Blues in game one. So this pick, this isn't a biased pick. I just think the Blues, they have this mentality, especially the fans of like, oh, no Latrell, like Latrell's out. And all of a sudden it's like, not quite a loser mentality, but it's not like, oh, fuck yeah, Stephen Crichton will come in and do a job. Back-to-back premiership winner, played a huge role in getting Samoa to the World Cup final and is one of the most clutch players, if not the most clutch player outside Cameron Munster in the NRL right now. But it's not like that. It's not like, okay, well, we've got Stephen Crichton to come in. It's like, oh, Latrell Mitchell's out. And then, yeah, the whole halfback fiasco. You want to drop your captain? I just... I can't, I can't pick the blues here. I can't pick the blues. So we are going to lock it in. My official pick for game two, I'm taking the Queensland Maroons to clinch the series. Xavier Coates, first try. And I'm going to go Cameron Munster, man of the match. A bit of Munster magic. I don't think it's the most bold prediction to pick Munster as my best on ground. Uh, but yeah, a game like this at Suncorp, It just has Munster written all over it. So I'm going to go with the Maroons. And of course, I will be doing a review podcast. I would say that'll either come out Thursday or Friday because I'll be doing the NRL preview. I'll say most likely Thursday though because I'll probably sit down as soon as the game's finished and start recording. 
So of course, if the Blues do come out and they do win and have a great performance, well, I will be more than happy to give them their flowers, to talk about it on the review podcast, talk about everything great that they did. But right now, in the lead up, I'm just not seeing it. So that's my pick, Queensland to win the series. And on Thursday afternoon, expect the State of Origin 2 review podcast. So I'll be going through all the action, and I can't wait to have some answers to a lot of the questions that I've posed on today's podcast. But given that we're under 50 minutes, yeah, I always like trying to keep a podcast under an hour if I can. So we'll call it there. That is the State of Origin preview podcast for Game 2, Queensland, to win not just Game 2, but to win the series. Xavier Coates, first try, Cameron Munster, man of the match. Those are my picks, and that is it for today. As always, thank you for listening, and most importantly, enjoy the Origin footy tomorrow night. It is going to be a fucking belter.